Well, hello, everyone. We're so grateful that you're here. We had a packed first service, and the kids were running wild. So this might be, I feel like, might go a little bit better because not everybody's getting up every five seconds. So thank you for coming to the 745 service. We really appreciate it. We're so grateful that you're here. This, this hour, I think, is always so special because it's just an opportunity to be together as a family and, and just really celebrate what Jesus did. And you're going to hear about that tonight. You're going to be reminded of that. You're going to hear some good music. It's, it's one of those things. I just think it's a really special night. Also want to tell you that after this, there is cookies out there. There's some dessert. And apparently there's, well, there's a hot chocolate bar. And I was told there's like eight toppings. I didn't even know that was possible. I just thought hot chocolate was just chocolate. Maybe marshmallows is the only one that I could think of. But apparently there's eight. So we are grateful for the people that have, have done that. Last thing I want to be able to tell you is every year we do a Christmas offering. And it's, it's really just this exciting thing because... Every single dollar of the Christmas offering goes out into the community. It's one of my favorite things, actually, that we do. Thank you, Luis. And so I think one of the things that's really special is we know that we're getting an opportunity from a financial standpoint to really make an impact uh, in the community. And so last year, I think we said it, I can't remember, maybe 30000 This year, we said, you know what, let's go for 50000 It kind of raises every year. I want to tell you that... Uh, before first service, I haven't heard an updated count, but before ser- first service, we were at 57,000. So just give yourselves a round of applause. It's really always exciting. Like, so, so all $57,000 is going directly to me. No, it's not. It's going out into the community. We are, but honestly, I, just, I really do want to tell you, thank you. Uh, what an awesome opportunity that we get to be able to make a financial impact, a financial dent. Uh, in our community. It's something that is just really special and we're really proud of. So we want to be able to just thank you. And here comes one of our little kids when we're going to begin the program. So why don't you go ahead and give them a round. You know, we have a brave, we, have, we had a ton on the stage. We have a brave 745 kid. Let's give this little guy a round of applause. I don't think they get any cuter than this. As you know, in the Christmas story, the three wise men came to see the Messiah and brought him gifts. At the time, gold, frankincense, and myrrh were considered rare and expensive, which required sacrifice and effort from the wise men. These gifts were also thought to be symbols of sacrificial love and worship. The wise men were intentional and thoughtful with what they brought to Jesus. It wasn't about the gifts. It was about showing honor and adoration to the baby who was king. We brought gifts tonight, so I'm going to ask each one of the kids what they brought and why. Go ahead, Zena. I brought a craft because I love making crafts and I love Jesus. What did you bring? Candy. Why did you choose candy? Just because? What did you bring? Cat. A cat? Why? Because I think it would be a good fit for Jesus. Okay. What'd you bring, Levi? Myself. Why'd you bring yourself? Um, to beat the hands and feet of Jesus. Nice. What'd you bring, Bergeline? Uh, I don't really know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. What'd you bring, sweetie? I brought Jesus' love and letting him know that we are all here to celebrate him. Good job. Good job. What did you bring, Alyssa? I brought Jesus love because I love Jesus. Good job. What did you bring, sweet girl? I bring the toy puppy. A toy puppy? Why did you choose a toy puppy? 
because I had it at my house and it's a toy. Perfect. What did you bring? I bring an angel bear. Why'd you choose an angel bear? Because when he was born, the angels sang a song. That's right. Good job, guys. These kids have spent lots of time talking about and thinking about what they would bring tonight. Crazy ideas and what if I brought this kind of conversations. They have planned and perhaps even plotted what they would wear. They spent time wrapping and decorating their gifts. It was intentional. Their hearts moved for Jesus. These kids brought their favorite and most special gifts. They chose things that speak to them and are important. Things that may even define them a bit and even show the world who they are. They chose these with love and adoration for who they were giving it to. Maybe it's just another way a child can show love for our Savior. See, tonight, some people may see crazy costumes or Christmas outfits and some creative and silly presents. But what I see are some pretty amazing children that are exactly who God has called them to be. They brought gifts that they love and are offering them to their Lord and Savior. And I think that's pretty profound when you think about it. These kids love Jesus purely and with all that they have. They aren't afraid to show the world who they are and certainly aren't afraid to show the world that they love Jesus. Our message to you tonight is may we all see the world through these kids' eyes this Christmas. May we run after our Father like a child, seeking him and honoring him just as they have tonight. May we all be intentional with our time and with him and allow him to lead us. And just as these kids have, may we all be the light of the world so other people can meet and know Jesus. We have just one more thing to say. Ready, guys? So we've been in this series throughout the month of December talking about the songs of Christmas. And we're not talking about songs like Jingle Bells, but songs that have been written in Scripture by people that come from just a normal, everyday background. These people have written their songs and become part of the, the most glorious love story ever. And they've etched that for life. Now these songs aren't special because they're about God or just by the people that are writing them, they're special because they're talking about how God came into these people's lives and worked through them and changed them. See, these people had the mindset of going to God in awe and in gratefulness for what they were going through in the season of life they were in. And I think it's time that we do the same, right? Because we have been brought into this story because God sent this baby to earth to save us. So it's time for us to also be amazed at the glory that God is bringing to our own lives. Simeon, after seeing Jesus as a baby, says in verse 29, You may now dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Can you imagine what it would have been like to have this sense of awe of Jesus? What if we could be as amazed this Christmas season as Simeon was? What would happen in our hearts? Zechariah wrote this, and it's recorded as part of his song in Luke 1, 68-69. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, 
because he has come to his people and redeemed them. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. Zechariah is overcome by the Spirit of God. He expresses how God has come to redeem mankind, how he has raised up salvation, a light of the world that would change everything was coming to the world. His son John would proclaim the reign of this new king. Zechariah's song was a call to bless his name and celebrate as the gray would soon be conquered because salvation was coming. I hope with this song you'll get a chance to experience just the love that Jesus has given Of all the writers of these songs of Christmas, one in particular had an interesting place in this story. She gave birth to it. After the spiritual high of the angelic announcement wore off, Mary likely felt queasy and nauseous, feelings that perhaps many of you mothers felt when you first discovered you were pregnant. Mary then experienced carrying the divine in her belly for nine months as her body changed to nurture and birth what the Holy Spirit had conceived. She would welcome shepherds and magi as they showed up and watch carefully as Simeon took Jesus to the temple and sang a song over him. As if childbirth wasn't painful enough, she would then hear a warning from Simeon that her heart would be pierced. You see, Mary had a connection with Jesus that no one else had. She was his mom. She fed him. She changed him. She kissed his bruises. She witnessed him grow into a man who clearly loved and was committed to the things of God. And she would also have to watch as he hung on a cross. You see, as a young girl, Mary couldn't fully know where God's redemptive path would take her or her son. But she was willing to do her part. And as incredible as this story is, don't forget, just like how it started, Mary was still experiencing all of the feelings that would come along with motherhood. And while we can't know exactly what she was feeling, we do know what she wrote down. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior, for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. Luke 1, 46 to 48. Such a beautiful phrase. You can imagine a song like this coming from Mary's Just like Mary had her song, there were two other songs that were written at this Christmas time about Emmanuel, God with us. Two people who waited four years for something to happen. Both of them are older, well along in years. Both followed God, and both took place in the temple courts, not on the same day. Zachariah went into the Holy of Holies on his once-in-a-lifetime journey inside to burn incense, and he was met by an angel. And he was told that the prayer of his own child would soon come to pass, even though he was well along, remember, well along in years. And it seemed that he had given up. He was surprised. And then there's Simeon. And although we don't know when he was given the promise that he would see the Messiah, 
we do know that he was waiting. He was in the temple courts walking around, and the Holy Spirit came upon him and told him what to do. He was waiting. And in both cases, the men who prayed would only live to see the opening act that God had for the story of love in humankind. Zachariah and Simeon experienced just a little taste of what was to come, and it was good enough to give God praise. Soon the rest of the world would get to taste what was good and experience God with us. Their deepest soul needs would be satisfied not only here in the time that they were, but also forever. So the prophesied babies, Jesus and John, were born. And then it went quiet, quiet for 30 years. Yet God maintained his pace, he maintained his timing, and he maintained the setting that he wanted. Behind the scenes, deep in the hearts of Jesus and John, God had his next act, and his actions were evidenced by their actions in our lives today and at that time. God was on the move, loving and redeeming people in his time and in his way, in the waiting. Today, he still does that, sometimes as frustrating as it is. No matter our age, no matter what we're doing, whether we've given up hope, whether we're waiting, or whether we're moving along in the temple courts or hanging out with other people, his timing is every day, and his setting is your heart. It's dark. The world lies in sin and error pining. The shadows are conspiring. But a light is coming. The Lord has been quiet for four centuries. The prophets are gone. There are no signs to see. It's silent. But let me tell you something, a voice is coming. The patriarchs are long dead. The judges were traded for a bunch of crowned heads. This monarchy though, consistently failed and misled. No system is working, but there's a new king coming. Man's dead in religion. Legalism reigns. Ceremonial acts which are just simply profane. The law is not working. But a new covenant is coming. The people are defiling. The rituals God is despising. Even the priests are compromising. And the sin offerings they're worthless sacrificing. Oh, but get ready because a lamb is coming. The temple is a den of thieves. A brood of vipers are the Pharisees. Same too for the Sadducees. They don't even know there's a new high priest coming. The nations are suffering. Evil is chuckling. 
and the faithful are left wondering, does God even care? Oh, let me tell you something. Emmanuel is coming. God's people desire a glorious king. The world is yearning for eternity, a perfect sacrifice each soul desperately needs. It's a silent night, but hope is in sight. The most precious gift God is bestowing, the Bethlehem star begins glowing. Let the good news start growing. A baby is coming. We have had a lot of music tonight. I hope you're enjoying that. There's a whole bunch of people behind the console back there and up here that have been working hard so that um, it would engage with you. Uh, we've been telling stories by reading scriptures. We've had little kids up here doing some stuff. The, the element that I love of that is that you never know what might happen. Um, uh, Jolie asked me, what if they say something inappropriate? I'm like, we'll probably laugh until we pee. It's okay. It's going to be all right. Just let it happen. Let it unfold however it does. We've got food out back. I mean, I'm naming all of these elements that sound like an incredible birthday party, right? Well, I mean, not, not my birthday party. I, I would not enjoy that at all. I don't know what happened to me. My parents uh, threw us parties when we were kids. They made us cakes. They gave us presents. They did the whole thing. But as I got older, I, I stopped enjoying like the celebration of that. I, did, I didn't care that much about it. I just thought it was another day. I'd rather go to work than stay at home on my birthday. I don't need presents. I don't have all of that sort of thing. And, um, and is there anybody else, like, if, as I'm describing this, are there anybody else in the audience that's like, yeah, I'm kind of like that too? Yeah, just a few hands. Oh, a lot of hands. Okay, yeah. Um, what I've discovered, though, is that there are people probably sitting very close to you, maybe even right next to you, who don't see it that way at all. Like, they think their birthday is a special day, maybe a special week, should be celebrated the whole month, and they want, they want some presents, they want to go out to a meal, and they want to have everybody sing in the middle of a crowded place so that they get some attention. That is awkward to me, and I've never fully understood all of that, but I've understood that people have that desire, so I go along with it. But in this case, this birthday, I'm into it. And I imagine if I went around the room, I'd find out that all of you are, even if it doesn't matter how you feel about your own birthday or other celebrating other people's birthdays, you're here because you're into it. Why? Well, it appears that this birth is really different. I mean, if you look at the circumstances alone, you would conclude there's something incredible going on here. Born of a virgin? I mean, what is happening here that's in this story? But if, there, if you carefully read the text and you looked at the songs that people were writing who were in the story and what they were saying about this birth of this baby, some of them were saying this before they even saw the baby. Both Mary and Zachariah's songs, they hadn't seen Jesus, didn't know anything about it, and they were writing some incredible things. I want, I want to just read a few of these to you. 
Mary hasn't held her baby yet, but writes a song expressing what he's going to do for the world. And she says this about this future baby. This is about God's intention to send this baby. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. This baby is going to span generations and show God's mercy? This baby is. Verse 53, he's filled the hungry with good things. You mean there's longings that we have, they're going to be filled through, through this baby. This baby's going to do that? So she's declaring these things. Zechariah writes a song of redemption about God's plan to do something for mankind that we couldn't do for ourselves. And in verse 74, he says this about this baby. He has not seen that this baby would rescue us from the hand of our enemies and enable us to serve him without fear. This baby would do all of that? Are you kidding? Simeon won't be outdone. He does see Jesus. He holds him in his arms in a temple and he says this, for my eyes have seen your salvation. He's talking to God. He's saying, I'm looking at your act of saving mankind right here. This baby is going to do that. Yeah, it's because this baby was so unique, so special that we have these kind of celebrations. It's, it's why the normal stuff that we do at a birthday party just doesn't cut it. I've never heard of anybody baking Jesus a cake and trying to throw 2,000 candles on it, right? Nobody wants to burn down their house, and what, what good is that going to do? I've never heard anybody going, hey, let's, let's invite Jesus out to a meal, and we'll hang out, and we'll sing to him in a restaurant or something. I mean, it doesn't work. All the normal things that we would do. And so we do other things in an attempt to celebrate this unique birth. We have family gatherings. We all huddle together knowing that at the core of that, the reason we're there celebrating and finding a time of peace with each other is because of God's action in the world. So we get excited about that kind of moment. There's other things that we do too. Decorate our houses, throw parties with each other. We come to services like this in attempt to honor and remember that birthday. We have gift exchanges. Like God gave a gift, and so I'm going to be a part of this too, and so I'm going to get in on this act, and I'm going to give the people I love gifts as kind of a connection to what God was doing. We have old genres of music. I mean, we have all of this stuff that we do in an attempt to find a way to celebrate this unique birthday. And what I've discovered is that in an attempt to celebrate that birthday with all of those really good things, sometimes I forget Jesus. I mean, the, the pace of it all good things, but in the process, he kind of gets lost in all of that activity. And then I notice something in these 
songs, these writers, Mary, Zechariah, and Simeon. And we've mentioned it already tonight, but I want to draw your focus to it because I think it's important. In every song, there is a reference to how their connection to that little baby changed them. It changed, it rewrote their story, how they looked at the world, who they were. And I suspect that if you wanted to find a way to celebrate the birthday of Jesus, the way you would go about doing it is that you would invite an opportunity to change your heart to honor God. You, you would look at some spaces or places in your life that I've gone without peace for a while because God's been held at bay and you would invite him into the mix of that and he would start the process of changing your heart. You would invite him into some attitudes that you carry that haven't been helpful. And maybe, maybe for you, you just find yourself with a negative spirit complaining about stuff all the time and God wants to replace that with a sense of gratefulness. Well, I don't, I don't know what it is. But here's the thing. You're going to go about interacting with people at work, at family gatherings, at your own home with just your family. And you're going to get a chance to make some choices about how you'll live that will either honor God or not. And if you want to make Christmas real for you, you would let him Start changing your heart. So that it wasn't just a season where something showed up in your life in an important way and you just went to an event, but that because you loved that God sent a baby who would later become a sacrifice for you, because you loved that, you adjusted and changed your life and you became different, not just for a season but you did it to honor God. I'm hoping you'll consider it. I don't know what error in your life you'll need to adjust or you would even consider adjusting. I just want you to consider the possibility that the greatest gift that you could give God is a changed heart. And it would move you further and farther than you've considered this season. Uh, we have a, a traditional thing we do here at Waypoint. I think lots and lots of churches do it. And it recalls this very process that we're talking about. Simeon actually said that Jesus came as a light into the world. And when he came in as a light, that light spread. And it spread through centuries and centuries until it ended up in your life. Not just so that you could celebrate what Jesus did, but so that you could be different, that your story could be different. And so we do a candle lighting service. It's, it's a service that gives you a picture of exactly what God chose to do on our behalf. So I'm gonna invite Tracy to come on up, and I'm gonna ask you to stand as well. I wanna give you just a few instructions about um, these candles. There... Um, as soon as you light them, that wax will drip and stick to everything 
in here. Chairs, floor, you name it. So if, if when it gets lit, if you could just keep it straight up, that would be fantastic. And then if, if this candle's lit, then bring the one that's not lit in that way and then go like that as fast as you can. Uh, we don't care if you have young kids hold the candle. Just, like, keep an eye on them. Don't let them set their brother on fire or anything like that. Um, so we don't care. That's cool. But just keep an eye on it. And uh, we want to have a, a little picture of what it's meant for the love of God to come into the world to spread and now to be there to change you. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to just take out all the lights. Can we just go dark in here? And we're completely dark except for blue-haired lens, blinking glasses, <laughs> earrings, that's fantastic. We know where you're at, Lynn. <laughs> Jesus came into a, a dark world except for Lynn's blinking, right? But this is the picture. This is what it was like before Jesus came. And like Passover, I asked Tracy to be up here. Passover starts with a woman lighting a candle on the table because um, Jesus entered the world through a woman. And so Jesus came and it was one small light against the darkness, but he began to change hearts. And it spread. As you see this go through the room, I hope you'll understand that this is the story of God, that it started this way, but it has spread to you and now offers you a chance for you to be changed, to be new, to be different. It's Christmas. There's a lot to celebrate, and that's high on the list. So we're not going to sing. We're going to let this spread. Uh, if somebody could come forward here, a couple people maybe, just don't trip and fall. Can you see? Awesome. Thanks, man. And then we're just going to wait. And while you're waiting... The room's going to be quiet, and I just want you to have some time to process. If, if I was going to give the gift of a changed life to Jesus, what would he be asking for me right now?
Father, we just come, and I'd like all of us to just pray together, talk to him for a minute. We're coming. Our hearts are here. They're open. They're not in traffic. They're not in the grocery store. They're not thinking of what to make for supper. That's already done. It's just right here, right now, God, you and us, you and me. What do you have for my heart? Our hearts are laid bare, so I invite you to please come. Come close and show us what's keeping us from you. Show us what we need to give you. What wound, what thing, what person, what relationship, what pride, what jealousy, what, I don't even know, what in the world, God, what are we holding back from you? Will you come and show up and remind us that you wrapped yourself around our hearts from such a long time ago that you came as a baby, gave up your holy, godly form for flesh and blood that cried and bumped your knee and fell, got hungry and sweaty and hot. And God, we get to be all those things and sometimes you just feel so far away. So will you come, will you come, will you come and show us how to reconnect to you in this season that we might be different. Change us. We can't do it, but you can. We ask this in your name. We love you. Help us not to miss this time 
and let it get away. In Jesus' precious name, amen. They told me not to turn it off, but I didn't want to risk anybody hearing me sing. Okay. <laughs> so put your hand up on the other side if you wouldn't just lightly blow it until it's out so you're not blowing the wax all over the place if you could do that. And then you just wait a little bit because that wax is going to still drip. It's still pretty wet. Uh, they'll collect these as you leave, but we're not quite done yet. Um, as much as we love this moment of quiet where you kind of get to reflect and think, uh, for, I don't know, it's probably over 10 years now, we have ended this service with the same song, and we're going to do it again. It's, a, uh, it's a, a rockin' song of praise. And I hope as you consider um, this season and finding ways to celebrate that you will join your hearts with ours and thank God for his kingdom that will be forevermore. I always, I always love that song. What, a, what an opportunity for us to just praise the Lord. I was sitting back there thinking when Blair was talking about change, and even in the first service, it was just hitting me because I thought, man, isn't it so hard to change? Like, it, when you actually think about it, I mean, I go through every year with these New, new Year's resolutions, like, oh, here, here it's going to be. This is going to be my change. But one of the things I heard a buddy say, he said, don't pray for rain and then forget your raincoat. Every season of preparation has has preparation. Every new season has preparation. And I think sometimes we pray for rain and we do forget our raincoat. I think this is an opportunity as you're here tonight, you're with your family, you're with some friends, to be able to recognize, my goodness, God did something incredibly cool. And I keep hearing this thing, you know, the world is getting darker. And you know what? I say, great. What an opportunity for us. Because as I was sitting back there watching those candles, it did. It started with one light and then the whole room lit up. I don't know what your family dynamics are. I don't know what you're going to be walking into the next few days. But what I do know is some of us are walking into maybe some broken families, some broken situations, some dark places. And you have an opportunity the next few days to shine your light to your family, to your friends, to display to people kindness, mercy, grace, love that they've never seen before. And just maybe they will experience how God has changed your heart and maybe they will begin to see their heart change. And that's my hope. That's our prayer for you tonight. We love you. We are so grateful that you guys are here with us. And if you just one last minute, if you just bow your heads real quick, let's just pray over tonight. Lord, I just thank you so much for this opportunity to come together. We thank you for sending Jesus. In Malachi, we see in the Old Testament, you're talking and then 400 years of silence. And I'm sure in that time, people were confused. They were wondering when you were going to show up. And you showed up in the most unique way that I think any of us could imagine in the form of a baby. And you lived a life and showed us for 33 years. You gave us a manual of how to live. God, I ask that we would look at what you did as not just this incredible miracle, but this way of life that you're giving us an opportunity to accept you and to transform our hearts. God, I ask that is what we would recognize in this Christmas season. Whatever these people are walking into in the next few days as we celebrate with family or friends, may they just shine their lights. May people look at them and say, man, something is different about them. They have hope. They have peace. They have a unique joy. And may they recognize that, that is, that's all from you because we have hope in you, Jesus. That's what this season's about. Lord, we love you. I ask for safety and protection for everyone that's traveling. And we thank you so much that people took time to come tonight. We love you. And we're so grateful. In Jesus' name, amen.
We love you guys. We thank you so much for coming to this service. Grab some cookies on your way out. We love you.